It's time for Outside the Box with Lincoln Stars head coach Rocky Russo and Lincoln Stars broadcaster Joel Norman on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. And welcome in for another edition of Outside the Box here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Joel Norman, and of course our show, as always, is being brought to you by Raising Canes. Let's welcome in the head coach of the Lincoln Stars, Rocky Russo. And Rocky, how are you doing here tonight? I'm doing well, Joel. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, as I imagine many Lincoln Stars fans are after this past weekend. A couple of victories over the Fargo Force and a matchup of the top two teams in the Western Conference, and the Stars came out and they came to play. 5 to nothing win last Friday, 3-2 to two victory last Saturday. All in all, a great weekend to be a Stars fan. And Ronke, what were some of your takeaways from this weekend and the, the sweep against Fargo? You know what, the, the initial reaction is just what an environment in our building um, on Friday and Saturday night. And, and they weren't our biggest crowds, uh, especially because the, you know, the students at, at the university aren't, aren't, uh, aren't back yet. But, uh, man, was it, was it rowdy in that building this weekend. There was a lot of energy you could feel it right away in the first period on Friday, and it kind of carried throughout the course of the the game Friday and another great crowd on Saturday. And, and uh, for us, it's just such an advantage to be able to play in the icebox with uh, the greatest fans in the USHL. Perhaps we did our jobs last week, really billing this matchup up last Tuesday, talking about the potential playoff significance of it at some point. And again, it, we didn't have to say too much. It was the top two teams in the USHL. And like you said, the Stars fans brought it. And I imagine Fargo is going to be looking forward to it the next time these two teams match up uh, next month at Fargo. So uh, two great wins for the Stars. And they put themselves now, you guys are just four points back of that first place spot a lot of season to go right now, but it's one of those things, Rocky, and I'm sure you've probably had this happen for and maybe against you sometimes, that if you if you dig yourselves a hole or if you build up a good enough lead at this point in the season, it really goes a long way the rest of the way because there are a lot of games left, but you've got to start adding games one way or another right now. Well, we've got 34 games left, I think, so it's a, it's a long season. We haven't even reached the halfway point. Um the points count just the same in, in December as they do in, in February, March, and April. So you want to collect as many of those as you can. Um, you know, I've I, not that we're in danger of this this year, but we ran away with it in Amarillo a couple years ago, and we're so far ahead in February there was nothing to play for, and, and uh, that made that made the, the challenge of the playoffs pretty difficult. We ended up in two five-game series, and we're worn down when we finally got to the national tournament. Um, you know, we had a guy chasing the the league record for most goals in a single season, which which he achieved. He scored sixty goals in sixty games that year. Sixteen sixteen. Um, but you know, that was the same year that Tampa got knocked out in in the first round of the playoffs against Columbus. And um, listening to John Cooper's uh, press conference after the conclusion of that series, it, he just echoed all the things that I was thinking that we had, you know, we didn't have much to play for for a couple months. We got focused on individual records and uh, weren't able to, to really be ramped up and prepared for, for playoff hockey. Fortunately, that's not going to happen this year. Um, you know, we, we want to be, be soundly in a playoff spot. Uh, in a perfect world, we'd be in a scenario where we have a chance to, to have home playoff 
games in in the second round to to have a bye in the first round um ultimately we you know one of our goals as a team is to win the western conference regular season title and and so the more of those points that you can scoop up early the better chance you have if you do hit a a little bit of a skid at some point throughout the season that you've got uh, a bit of a cushion we'll talk about this obviously as we get into warmer temperatures although it's been fairly mild as of late but when we get to that point later in the season but how nice would that be to just have that first round by because last year you guys had a really quick turnaround from the end of the regular season to the first round just one day off in between correct oh it was the worst schedule ever uh don't get me started on the schedule again we already wasted a whole show on that two weeks ago but um it was awful i mean we played on saturday and then our and then our playoffs started on monday and you know i'll, I'll never understand as good as this league is, and this league is fantastic, like the, you know, we work so hard, we play 62 games, and, and you grind, and then all of a sudden you have, you know, it feels like they're meaningless playoff series early on in, in the, the playoff. You play a three-game series on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and, um, you know, you just, you work too hard to get to the playoffs for it to, to kind of end the way it does. So um, I guess it's worth it if you make it all the way to the end, but if you don't, you just feel like, you know, I, I sat back after we lost last year and I felt cheated. Like we had worked so hard. We won 35 games. We finished in third place in the, in the Western conference, just barely missed a, a first round bye, and, and uh, boom, three days later, the series or the game, the season's over. And so, um, you know, that's a challenge and, and it doesn't feel like, you know, it feels like it should be more because the playoffs yeah. are built up in, in every sport. Right. And, and, uh, you know, I, I think the fans deserve more. I think the players deserve more. But uh, those are certainly not decisions that uh, that reach my level. They go much higher than that. Yeah, one year at a time, I suppose, in, in that regard as well. You mentioned individual achievements earlier. I want to go back to that a little bit. One guy who was really shining. We've got several guys to talk about. But first, I want to start with the captain, Mason Marcellus. Leads the USHL in assists. And I mentioned it to him the other day. And I said, were you aware of this by chance? You know, you had two more again tonight. And he said, you know, someone mentioned it earlier today. But otherwise, I didn't. What is he doing so well right now to rack up so many apples? Well, it's. I mean, he's he's so poised with the puck he he's able to be patient he's able to be uh elusive and uh and he you know he passes pucks on the tape and uh, passes them into space when he needs to and and uh you know he's he's able to head fake and and uh turn his hands and get d to bite and then and then make plays in traffic that that uh create scoring chances now uh, I know he has, he's got 33 points in 25 games. He's got maybe six goals. So, so he's probably got 26 or 27 assists somewhere around Right about there. at that. Where you would know, maybe you don't know, like is he on pace for the, for Aiden Thompson's uh, numbers from last year? I mean. I'd it, have to look into that a little bit more. Like because, Aiden Thompson was an assist machine last year. Oh yeah, he has the Stars' single season record for that. Now. Yes. So and and I'm sure that Mason would love to uh, to make that that record uh, quickly fall in one year. Um, but that number that ma- that uh, Aiden put up last year was pretty impressive. I mean, he had he had 83 points in 62 games, and and he probably missed a couple games, so probably more mm-hmm. like 58 or 60 games because I remember him having a. a an upper body injury for a game or two. So um, I don't know if, I don't know if Mason can get there, but, but even if he doesn't, his numbers are, 
um, they're fantastic. When you're over a point a game in the USHL, you're quite a hockey player. Let me ask you about this thing, because they were line mates a lot last year as well. What elements do you maybe see that Mason may have picked up from Aiden Thompson's game that have led to so much success this season? You know what? Aiden, Aiden is incredibly poised with the puck. Um, he's a fierce competitor. Like He hates to lose at anything. And I tell this story all the time, but Henry Nelson beat him in golf by a stroke uh, during training camp last year. And in the playoffs, I was still listening to Aiden complain about the fact that Henry had beat him by a stroke. Now, mind you, Aiden is, is an elite golfer. And Henry is an all-state golfer. I mean, these guys are the real deal when they hit the course. And so, I mean, Aiden Aiden does not want to lose in anything ever. He's one of the most competitive kids I've ever I've ever had the the um, opportunity to coach. And I think that that rubbed off a little bit on uh, on Mason because Mason is a fierce competitor during a game. And, you know, their line mate was Lucas Wallen. And Lucas Wallen would run his grandmother over for a puck in the in the corner. That's just the type of kid he is. And he'd pick her up and he'd give her a hug and tell her how much he loved her after he scored the goal. But he would get the goal first. Though. He would get the goal first. Like, that's, I mean, that's just Lucas. Lucas willed his way. Like, Lucas's story is incredible, right? He... He, he played d- Tier 3 in, in yeah. North Iowa for, for our NA3HL team. He played in Kenai River. Uh, all of a sudden, he just shows up at our camp. Well, we invited him, but he shows up at our camp as a free agent. He makes the team and moves from the fourth line to the third line to the second line to the first line to the to the power play to uh, an incredible leader and gets a Division One scholarship. I mean, he's he's he, they should make a movie about that kid. Um so and his compete level is off the charts. So I think if you're Mason and you're playing with those two guys last year, I don't think that you can play with them unless you develop that that same type of mentality. Yeah, it's been so fun to watch the way he's just able to read plays this season and he's set up Tanner Ludke and Doug Grimes so much and you know, Rocky, these last couple of weeks it felt really refreshing to see that line work again. It the the success they've had and obviously you put them on the top power play unit as well. As a coach, how nice is that sometimes to be able to go back to something familiar like that? You get a couple of guys who were who were gone. Doug was hurt. Tanner Ludke was gone at the World Junior A Challenge. How nice is it to reinsert those guys back into the lineup and honestly maybe maybe see them have a little bit more success than they were before they were gone? Well, you'll probably recall that I had broke them up before yeah. before all of the chaos ensued of Doug being injured and Tanner leaving and uh, Mason was injured for a period of time. Um People sometimes look at the coach like they're crazy when they see all the success that those three guys are having, and then you take them apart. Um, but there's reason behind everything that that you do as a head coach, and sometimes you're not seeing that same compete level out of those guys. They start to get a little complacent, and they need a reminder of how much they enjoy playing with each other. And so taking them away from each other helps. Um, there's another element of yes they're they're great together but imagine if you had one on all three of your top four lines like how much more depth and skill does that create and so you're you're always looking for something better when it comes to your line combinations if you're not you're not you're not truly doing your job you're getting you're getting a little stale and so i'm always 
reviewing and and watching our guys practice, watching them play in the games, watching the tape, looking for little tendencies from guys that says, "Hey, he may mesh well with him," or you know, if I if you see me throwing some random lines together throughout the course of a game. Sometimes that's out of necessity with guys in the box. Sometimes it's me going, hey, he's got the hot hand tonight. I'm going to throw him a shift with these two guys, see how that works out. And then, you know, I see something happen during that shift. It sticks in the back of my brain. Maybe that's a line that, that would work. And, you know, I've got uh, I've got another line together right now That's that's been uh, – apart from each other for quite some time that you'll see play together on Friday night that I suspect will uh, will enjoy their company together on, on that line and, and probably produce a lot of offense. So we'll see. Um, you know, would I love to see it's, you know, would I love to see those three guys go to the end of the season together and, and help us win a championship? Yes. But I did tell them, if you recall, at the beginning of the year, I've never had a line go wire to wire together That's from right. the start of the season to the end. And, and uh, you know, they kind of challenged me on it and said that that they were going to do it. And obviously, you know, 18 years of experience says that wasn't going to happen. But I would have been happy to be proved wrong sure. in that scenario, no, mat- no question about it. But uh, I'm glad they're back together. I know they're having a lot of success. And more importantly... Uh, they're having a lot of fun together, and and I think that that helps breed that success because they enjoy each other, uh, they challenge each other, and and they wanna they wanna go out and help carry our team. Hard not to the way they were playing this weekend. Two goals from Doug Grimes, two goals from Tanner Ludke, uh, Mason. We're looking. I mean, he's he's had a few goals this year, but boy, it just feels like a given every night. We're gonna get a few assists from him. Rocky, I like that you teased another line maybe coming up. Huge for the radio industry, as everyone knows. You always want to tease something coming up. For all well. I know, Anthony Noreen could be sitting at home while listening <laughs> to this right now. I doubt it, but um i would i'd be lying if i said that i haven't clicked on his radio interviews from time i was just gonna say he has a radio show too he does and so um you know if he happens to be on the treadmill tomorrow listening to this i don't need to give him any any uh insider information yeah. so our fans will just have to wait and see what those combinations look like on friday night no ammunition for the enemy is uh harrison yeah, and then, real quick we do have from the text line uh wanting to know a little bit more about the past from dr gates coach what were some of your favorite things about armarillo my favorite things about amarillo you've uh, mentioned it a few times on this show and you've had some pretty funny memories there so I'm, I'm curious about this as well i mean first of all i just you know i so when i took the job um I, I took it sight unseen and, and, uh, my dad, my dad drove me to, uh, I left St. Louis. I left all my stuff in St. Louis. I went home to Youngstown. Um, my dad drove me to Toledo where Dennis Williams, gold medal winning coach for Canada, uh, at the world juniors last week, Dennis and his brother, Dave picked me up in Toledo, drove me to St. Louis where I was able to pick my, uh, rental, vehicle up put all of my stuff in it drive it to to amarillo unload um and and so as i'm driving into town i called my dad and and uh he's like oh you're getting close i said yeah he goes what do you see i said nothing <laughs> i i said you could watch the dog run away for 50 miles here there's not a tree there's not a shred of grass i said there's a giant field of broken down school buses i said dad i don't know where the heck i moved and uh and so the next day i i had gone to practice and and uh driving around town trying to find my way and i stopped at a at a stoplight and uh there's a dairy queen next to me 
it's around 12:30 in the afternoon and uh i turn my head and there's two horses two guys on horses coming out of the dairy queen drive through and they no go kidding. up over the overpass down to the outer road and and down they go with their bags of dairy queen and I went back to the office. I'm talking to one of the guys in the office, and he goes, "Oh yeah, that's the old uh, the old Smith Farm down there off of Route 27. Yeah, they go and <laughs> buy the guys Dairy Queen once a week. That's totally normal here in Amarillo." So, um, then then the following day, I I have two dogs, so I take the dogs outside, and um, there was a there was like a sewer drain outside in our in our apartment complex, and I'm standing out there, and I'm like, "My God, what is that smell?" I hope that sewer doesn't smell like that. It's right outside my door. And there's an old guy sitting upstairs, and he goes, how you doing there, fella? And I said, hey, sir, how you doing? He's drinking a cup of coffee. And uh, I said, if you don't mind me asking, I said, what is that smell? And he goes, well, by golly, son, that's the smell of money. And I said, the smell of money? I got 20 bucks in my pocket. doesn't smell like that. That smells like the inside of a toilet. And he goes, well... Around here, that's the smell of money. See, down there, about thirty miles, is the is the uh, the, the the meat packing plant. And when the wind blows the wrong way, you can smell all that going on in that plant. He said, "But that's where all the money comes from." So we call that the smell of money. And oh, uh, so, fast forward, oh, gosh, at that point, eight years, um, I'm down there to for a press conference, accepting the head coaching job. And uh, I've got Melissa, who at the time was my girlfriend, then fiance, obviously now my wife. And uh, we're going to look at houses. Uh, and I'm like, God, please just don't smell. Whatever, just please don't smell. They want the smell. So money. I had like 12 houses set up for us to look at that day. And it's about nine o'clock and it's starting to get warm. And we walk out of this house and we're halfway down the driveway. And she goes, What the hell is that smell? And I just looked, and I'm like, man, I thought I'd get out. <laughs> I said, that's the uh, that's the smell of money. She goes, well, it ain't the smell of money. I don't know what that is, but what is that? You want me to move here? Are you kidding me? Oh right my now? gosh! So uh, obviously, now I have nothing but fond memories. Great, mm -hmm. great people there. Um, you know, we won a national championship in 2013. We went to um, four in my in my seven years there. We went to four national tournaments. Uh, I, I have some great friends from there. Uh, I love the state of Texas. I loved coaching in the South division. I loved going to Corpus Christi and Shreveport, Louisiana, and, um, you know, enjoying pretty nice weather all throughout mm -hmm. the, the course of the winter time. Um, it's a fantastic league with really good coaching and, and great players. And, um, so my, my entire seven years that I spent there were fantastic. And, um, you know, I, I was sad to leave. I was really sad to leave. And, and, uh, had I had to leave in different circumstances, uh, I probably would have been pretty bummed, but knowing that I was moving to Lincoln, Nebraska and, and, uh, moving on to the United States hockey league was, uh, was really exciting. And, you know, now here we are in Lincoln and, and my, my wife absolutely loves, this town and and we love coaching in this league so it's been uh, it's been a blessing and a new adventure what's it been like for you being in several different markets you coach in texas you've coached in you know philadelphia area pennsylvania as well you grew up in ohio 
you're in Nebraska here. What's that like seeing lots of different markets? Do you think that's that's good, not just you know as a person, but also as a coach in a lot of ways? You know what it takes you to places that you you would not probably ever be. And um, you know, like I said, I took that job site unseen in in Amarillo, and I can't think of any reason under the sun why I ever would move to Amarillo. I don't even find a reason why, and maybe. It's one of those flyover places, right? And mm-hmm. and uh, why I would ever be there. But now I, I can't imagine my life without that experience in Amarillo. Obviously, um, you know, four years in Philadelphia and, and uh, a wife and two kids because of it. That's, you know, I, I'm a believer that, that you have a path set out for you. And, and you might not understand where or why that path takes you, but you have to trust in it and... Uh, Every place I've been has helped me grow as a person, and uh, I've developed not just as a coach, but uh, but more imper- importantly, I've I've been through great times, I've been through hard times, and uh, and they develop your character. So you know, Philly was a great experience. St. Louis, although it was only one year, was a great experience. I made some great friends there. Got to go to a lot of Blues games. Got to play morning shinny with Rob McKinnis and. Uh, and uh, Scott Mellenby and Darren Pang wow. and um, you know th- those were awesome experiences. Uh, Al McKinnis, pardon me, Rob's his brother. Um, Rob's actually from Philly. Rob okay. lives in Philly, um, but Al Al was in in St. Louis. Um, Kelly Chase, Jeff Brown, like those guys were awesome. So my experience in St. Louis, incredible. Um, you know, they, I never would have lived in probably St. Louis. I never would have lived in Lincoln, Nebraska. And, um, you know, I said to my wife when, when she, I kind of said, Hey, like, we're going to do this. We're going to go to Amarillo. And, um, she was like, all right, let's, let's go, let's do it. And, and I said, you know, we're probably gonna have to move three, four, five times before we maybe find a, a place to settle. And, um, she understood it. And, uh, you know, when we first got together, it was, hey, I'm just going to try to find a Division three job and, and uh, settle us down. And mm-hmm. and and then I think we both looked at each other and kind of like, hey, like you might be pretty good at this. And, and I had won a ton of games in Philly, but, um, you know, maybe this, maybe this can take us a little bit higher than we had anticipated. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, now here we are sitting in the USHL and, and – uh, we have no aspirations of leaving anytime soon. We love Lincoln. We love the the stars and the organization. But you know, one day, hopefully, it takes us to the next level. Whether that be Division One college hockey, potentially major junior hockey, potentially not that I believe major junior is a step up, but um, you know, just an alternative path. Mm-hmm. Maybe pro hockey. You know, Brock Sheehan just got the head job with the Chicago Wolves. And, uh, you know, he had to win two Clark Cups to do that, but he did it. Uh, John Cooper got a head job in the American League out of this out of this league. So, um, you know, if you get a chance to get to the American League as a head coach, certainly that's something that, you know, now you're a step away from the NHL. And uh, so when I look at it uh, originally, I never thought that, you know, some of these things were in reach. And, and uh, this league and, and this opportunity creates – chances for players and coaches alike to to reach levels that maybe they didn't feel were were attainable at one point in their career yeah I think that's the thing for me which is so fun you're seeing these people right now it's like well where are they going to be five years from now 
as well. And that's what I'm I'm looking forward to in years from now. Well, I mean, the guy that sat in that chair last year, you know, he's working in Savannah now with the Ghost Pirates in the yeah. in the East Coast Hockey League, and they're directly affiliated with the Vegas Golden Knights. So, you know, he's got an opportunity to continue to work his mm-hmm. way up and hopefully find his way to the National Hockey League. And I think that's what this this league does for for players, coaches, personnel. Um, you know, it's a it's a wonderful opportunity, and certainly not one that that I take for granted. I'm very humbled to be the head coach of, of the Lincoln stars. And I appreciate every opportunity I have to, to step behind that bench in the ice box. Absolutely. We'll take a quick break here and we'll be back with more in just a bit. This is outside the box. We're chatting Lincoln stars, hockey, all being brought to you by raising canes here on 93, seven, the ticket.